Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. It is so delightful to be with you again this week, and I hope that you had an incredible Thanksgiving. It is an opportunity and a time that reminds us to be grateful Regardless of what we're seeing in our world or what you may be experiencing in your life, you can help to shift the vibration of the planet by remembering to stay in gratitude, by holding that resonance and maintaining that on a consistent basis. There is a lot that is happening in our world, and we hear more and more about trauma. We are even impacted by stress and trauma on a daily basis in so many ways both in what we see and in unconscious ways environmentally and through the stress that we just naturally take on. In dealing with that trauma and in dealing with what occurs in our bodies and our lives, today's discussion dives into the voice and the experience of our prenatal self as a guide. And it's a really, really interesting conversation. I invite you to listen deeply and I want to begin this conversation reading a section from the book that I found really, really beautiful. I come from the lineages that protect the vulnerable, that have undying allegiance to the earth and to all of nature. This is what it means to be a mother tree. I listen to the voice of my prenatal self as I would listen to an oracle. She tells me that I have chosen to live in the era that signals the return of the powerful voices of these lineages that spawned me, and of which I am an emanation. My prenatal life, indeed, virtually all of my life experience, has been a rite of passage initiating me over and over on this path. It is humbling to see this. I am and always have been an ecological being. From the moment of conception, I was intertwined with the web of life, metabolizing, refining, sorting, discarding, and fueling myself. I was shaped by where I was conceived, as well as by whom and when. The richness of sensory enmeshment mingled with my ecstatic and unyielding curiosity to evolve my original good, utterly unique intelligence. The spirit of my determination transmuted the daunting odds of my circumstances and gave birth to my resilience." That's what we're talking about today, the secret of resilience. 
Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. And this was written by Dr. Stephanie Mines. She's the author of five books that reflect over three decades of research as a neuroscientist. She's investigated shock and trauma as a survivor, a professional, a clinical researcher, and healthcare provider. She has a nonprofit. The Tara approach is instrumental in the systemic change she promotes as a regenerative health paradigm. Dr. Mines also developed climate change and consciousness to facilitate inner transformation to, for grounded climate action. Climate change and consciousness serves as an international and intergenerational community of visionary activists. You're going to find out everything about her at tara-approach.org, and I'll share more of that later in the show. But for now, welcome, Dr. Stephanie Mines, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's great to have you here, Stephanie. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. There's a lot of rich conversation here and, and rich practices, uh, things throughout the book that uh, I just found really inspiring in how we as individuals can support ourselves through our own healing. But this approach in regard to our prenatal self and the embryological events that take place is something that many may not have considered in terms of their health, their wellness, or even how they face experiences of pain and trauma. Can you begin by helping us understand, number one, how would we ever even tap into what that prenatal conversation and experience was? Because do we really know what it was? Thank you, Simran. I am acutely aware that when I talk about prenatal life and original brilliance and the superpower of differentiation, I am evoking a paradigm shift. I know that we are enculturated to disregard prenatal life. And that very enculturation is a product of what we are up against in these times. It's an industrialization, you might say, of the natural processes of human development. And it has been institutionalized to the extent that we live as if prenatal life was close to irrelevant. Uh, and that is inaccurate. It is scientifically inaccurate. It is spiritually inaccurate. The events that shape us prenatally and that are the foundation of our health as we evolve are perhaps more fascinating, more mysterious, more compelling than anything that happens afterward. And it is my job in part to open up those chapters in people's lives. And I do that in a variety of ways. And I am happy to report that my work with people from corporate businessmen uh, to moms uh, to teenagers shows that it is possible in very simple, non-cathartic ways to access 
what I refer to as original brilliance, your embryonic intelligence. Well, it seems to me that we disregard that that state was our original sacred space. It was the original environment that held us. And so it would equally hold any pain or trauma that might have gone on through that time. But also, that is where the spark, that is where that spirit, that essence really resides and began. And probably what we must go back to, to see the beginnings of our resilience. Yes, that's generally true. And I focus very much on the individual stories of the relationship between each developing being and that sacred space, because that sacred space is also an intergenerational space. It's a historical museum with the ancestry that preceded the entry of that individual unique being who is seeking to understand whatever they're struggling with, whatever challenges they faced. And I would say right now, we are all challenged. We are all facing daunting circumstances, each in our own unique way. And I do believe, and this is my personal experience, it's also my clinical experience, that by tapping in to your unique story in utero, as you, in relationship to that environment, evoked your will, engaged yourself with those dynamics, and made yourself known, made yourself come alive more and more and more at each moment of prenatal development until you were ready to enter the world that you had been studying for those nine months in utero. So each individual story, as well as the collective story, is fascinating to me. And I never tire of hearing those stories. That's a, a really relevant point that I want to repeat, which you just said, that while we're in utero, we are really studying the world from that place, because we don't yeah. often think of ourselves as even having an awareness in that state. And just to even yeah. conceptualize that can, at least within me, it brings up this this concept of, oh, there is a story there. There is something there that had to be before here. The other yeah. thing you talked about was the ancestry. And with the morphogenetic field, and I know I have recently had a guest that worked with family constellations, mm -hmm. we do bring forth all of that ancestry, all of the the pains, the wounds, the strengths, the gifts, everything is part of that soup that we are marinating in in that period as well. How does that play a role in determining and shaping the story, the resilience, the wounding that occurs with us once we come into form externally? Yeah, so I focus very much in all of my work on individual, unique interactions with each particular environment. And 
though I work with many, many people, my focus always is on individuals. So each one of us developed striking strategies to address every challenge in utero. So the in utero life is like the voyage of Odysseus. It is unique to each individual. There are structural issues. There are emotional, psychological, relational, uh, and spiritual issues that present themselves. And there's a wide spectrum of those challenges. The key is that each one of us who is here, who is listening right now, met those challenges. And the way that we met those challenges formed original brilliance. And, and I really emphasize this original brilliance. So Simram, let me put this in context in regard to where we are right now historically. Uh, the place where we are right now as a human collective is we are dealing with the most challenging circumstances of all humanity ever. And each individual who's alive right now has a contribution to make. And in fact, each individual is needed. And I will say needed by our living earth. Our living earth is really pleading for us to come forward with the unique innovative concepts, the unique strategies that we already know. So there's so much emphasis on complex solutions. I focus on those solutions that we have already discovered by meeting our in utero challenges. Maybe the best way for me to describe this is to talk about myself uh, briefly and to say that I was conceived under very difficult uh, pre-war circumstances where my parents uh, did not necessarily want to conceive a child at that time. And nevertheless, I presented. And their relationship was further challenged by my father's service uh, in the military and the ramifications of that. That's an area that I've studied uh, in another book that I've written, They Were Families, How War Comes Home. And those war stories are translated into prenatal audio and visual, you might say, that the, the prenate perceives as she is learning about the world she's about to inhabit. And those challenging circumstances of war trauma and the stresses between my mother and my father, as well as the intergenerational themes of the lineage of immigrants that I come from, all constellated in a way that made my emergence very difficult. So I was born with health challenges and I was born with I would say some degree of heightened uh, vulnerability, but those vulnerabilities reflected 
the enormous compassion with which I experienced that territory in utero, and then the astounding ways that I compensated for what I could not have, the security that I could not have, the stability that I could not have. My mother was not at ease, not rested in the way that we would like a pregnant woman to be. My father was not available. He was at war. And when he returned, he was suffering from PTSD, as many veterans, if not all, are. And so the environment was anxiety-ridden and poverty was incorporated into that. There was desperation and anger and enormous grief. I met those challenges with compassion. And I met those challenges with curiosity and determination. And so I was born not having basic needs met, but having developed skills, which I am grateful to say I have cultivated and that really are reflected now in all the work that I do. So that mix of enormous difficulty and resource is my particular story that is mirrored in I will suggest every person's story. And when you see that dynamic and how it unfolds, you are capable of claiming your embryonic intelligence, celebrating it, and putting it to work for our living earth. What you're sharing really brings an individual to a place of awareness and acceptance of truly their uniqueness. And you start the book off talking about differentiation and how important that is. And in sharing your story, I, I just thought of my own siblings and how different we each are and who our mother was in each of the stages when she carried each of us. And, and that really plays into why in families we have different individuals that come out with different gifts or different ways of facing and handling things. So it is really an important piece to look at because then it helps grounding into and cultivating those places where there can be strength, where we did have fortitude, where the resilience did exist, where brilliance can shine. Is it hard? Yeah, go is ahead. It, is it part imagination? Is it deepening into meditation? Is it uh, a level of feeling into one's body? How does one begin to get beyond the linear mind of it and really deepen into the empathy, compassion, open-heartedness of it? I've developed uh, a methodology for accessing early memory. It's a very simple process. It does involve uh, guided meditation. It's extremely grounded. And I have done my best to make it non-cathartic and accessible, fully present, so there's no hypnotic quality to it at all. In fact, I consider it an anti-hypnotic process uh, because I reflect on how we've been hypnotized into believing in a certain kind of uh, 
similarity between people when the truth of the matter is, and I am the champion of this, differentiation is not only a quality of development, it is in fact the physiology of development. Uh, cells don't divide, they differentiate. And prenatal life is a process of constant differentiation. Differentiation, uniqueness, uh, individuality is really how we come to be. So we differentiate our own cells. We differentiate our own organs. We differentiate our limbs and we differentiate our intelligence. And it's, it's the recognition of that way in which we can all come together in differentiated states that is is really the answer to a world that has gone wild with uh, polarization and othering. Uh, and I would say that polarization and othering is counter to human development. Human development is a process of differentiation. Mm that really invites individuals to be themselves to 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 look for and to explore themselves but it's from a different avenue it seems it's not the mind it's it is yeah. the physiology and and i think that's we've become such a heady society that we try to solve everything with the mind or we try to distract ourselves with the mind and this seems like it's a real intimate state of presence that unfolds, but probably one that establishes not only that individuality and that brilliance you're talking about, but a strength of inner authority, a, a core connection to all things, the ability to then truly act in the world in a powerful way that serves one and all. Exactly. And the rediscovery journey that I created and that you can learn. Anybody can learn it. You don't have to be a neuroscientist or an embryologist or a psychologist in order to learn it. And this is a big part of my work uh, in the Tara approach and climate change and consciousness uh, is the belief really in regenerative health. Uh, and regenerative health is grassroots healthcare empowerment. So this rediscovery journey, which is a very simple, guided visualization, it's even playful, uh, that takes you into the cellular memory that we all have access to. This is a completely somatic process. In fact, the design is to alleviate any kind of evaluative or analytical tendencies to really let them rest and to really enter into purely sensory, purely somatic attention, attention to the body. And it's out of that listening deeply to the body that we are able to find these memory storehouses. So I'm a neuroscientist, I've studied memory, uh, and memory is accessible to us at any age, let me say, uh, and it is, for any time, any aspect of our experience, we, you know, memory is as individuated uh, as original brilliance. So we all remember things uniquely. And anybody who's had an argument about what happened when knows this. But 
our memory of our prenatal life is ours alone. And, and I have had the most fun, really, Simran. It's just absolutely delightful to be with people, like I would say, especially those you would least expect, like corporate businessmen who discover their tenderness and their uh, vulnerability and their authenticity in wanting connection. It's a very big theme, actually, is the theme of wanting connection uh, through someone's rediscovery journey into their early memory. I would say there are some constants that occur for a majority of people. And one of them is wanting connection, looking for connection. And when you spoke of how we are learning about the world in prenatal life, we are also learning about relationships, learning about the relationships that we depend upon. And when those relationships are recognized, the life of the prenate is enhanced enormously. When they're not recognized, on the other hand, a quality of loneliness and disappointment sets in. Uh, and it's how we compensate for that, of course, that makes all the difference. Each of us inhabits, imbibes, digests, and metabolizes the most interior intimacy of our family while we grow in utero. We hear and see the secrets, including all the secrets from the past. The uterus is like a cave of the ancestors, the egg that chose the sperm and made the union that resulted in personal form is a historian. The archives of lineage are implanted in the womb, and the conceptus absorbs those volumes, including the parts on audio. This is from Dr. Stephanie Mines' book, The Secret of Resilience, Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. Uh, when after the art of compassion helped Dr. Mines resolve her own trauma and awaken her innate resilience, she began to incorporate it in her clinical research. She discovered that the map of the body she learned from Burmeister sites correlated with the Chinese extraordinary meridians, or rivers of splendor, which developed prenatally. She then began investigating our earliest neurodevelopmental processes and was able to correlate the extraordinary meridians with specific embryological events. She found that the subtle touch on these sites in combination with trauma resolution amplifies neuroresilience, enhances creativity, restores motivation, and heals the fragmentation and disconnection associated with trauma and shock. She has some beautiful layouts in the book and instructions of the sacred sites and the different practices that you can move through, along with wonderful poetry that she has shared that speaks to the heart. Her nonprofit, The Tara Approach, is instrumental in the systemic change she promotes as a regenerative health paradigm. I invite you to go to tara-approach.org. And also, she has a course coming up January 20th. It is Prenatal Origins of Health. That's Prenatal Origins of Health. If you go to the website, tara-approach.org, you can sign up for that and learn so much more. Again, the book is The Secret of Resilience, Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. We'll be right back with Dr. Stephanie Mines. Do you want more? 
more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Stephanie Mines and her beautiful book, The Secret of Resilience, I want to mention my latest trilogy, It is a map of the soul. If the soul had given you the entire instructions of what you would experience on earth and how to rise into higher octaves of experience, it's laid out in these three books. The first book is Living, The Seven Blessings of Human Experience, and it takes you through the cycle of alternative blessings that we encounter through life. The first blessing is life, and then there comes challenge, obstacles, uh, chaos, darkness, and then, of course, death. We die repeatedly within this life. The second book is Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. This is the underworld part of you. This is the part that is the shadow, the animal, the monster, and even the demons that you face. All of these parts are what help create what's going on in the world. And finally, the third book is Knowing, The Seven Human Expressions of Grace. These illustrate the graces that correlate with the illusions and the blessings. And these are the places that you must give yourself your own grace to tap into true humanity. We think that we all have humanity, but many times people are shut down from their true humanity. We cannot help greater humanity until we give our own humanity the embrace that it deserves. So I invite you to explore my new trilogy as you are ordering Stephanie's book. My trilogy can serve like an oracle so you can read other books alongside of it or 
you will discover the many ways that it can be partaken. Embryonic intelligence, the spark of original brilliance that is constantly beginning, constantly differentiating, is available to anyone at any time throughout life. It is not a course or a webinar. It is your birthright and always has been. By embryonic, Dr. Stephanie Mines does not mean only the intelligence of the embryo at the time of embryogenesis. She refers to the state of consciousness that is embryonic originality. This is somatic consciousness. It is the newness and purity of sensory presence in intimate, interactive kinship with the total environment, including the unseen. This is the overarching secret to resilience. We are discussing her book, The Secret of Resilience, Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. You can find out more about her, her books, which there are five of them, uh, the organizations that she has, and a course coming up titled Prenatal Origins of Health. It's January 20th is when it starts by going to tara-approach.org. That's tara, T-A-R-A, hyphen, approach.org. Welcome back, Stephanie. Before we go into a bit about the somatics and particularly diving into a little bit about the sacred sites and the rivers of splendor, I want to talk a little bit about the ego. The ego forms as a protection mechanism, and you write in there that we're not born with the ego, that it's compensatory. Can you talk a little bit about what takes place from that moment of here we are in brilliance, and now here we are with this ego that we begin to live instead, and how that differs from the resilience and the brilliance that is the original self. Thank you for that beautiful question, Simran. So as you stated, and as I state, the prenatal life is a life without ego. We are in a state of total sensory curiosity. It is just passion for learning about who we are, where we are, and it is relational learning. Uh, and it is driven by our sensory intelligence that develops our very organs and our limbs. But as that curiosity unfolds and explores in this storehouse, this vast treasure of history and prescience that lives within the womb, uh, we do encounter difficulty. And the nature of development is relational. It is interactional with, with the environment and with other humans and other beings the more than human world, as well as the human world that we long to interact with in utero. But for any variety of circumstances, that interaction may not be available. And that leads to a sense of loneliness, a sense of perhaps disappointment, uh, perhaps even desperation. So war, uh, anxiety, uh, think of uh, children in utero now in a world fraught with so much conflict and difficulty. That environment permeates uh, the placental barrier and the, and the child is interacting with it, but 
may not find the reciprocity that she needs to face these challenges singularly, uh, their relational conditions that are needed may not be available to no one's fault, just as a result of circumstance. So in that dealing with that loneliness and that singularity, the child begins to compensate for what is missing. And in that compensation comes the emergence of ego, uh, the emergence of uh, perhaps even a stubbornness or a rejection or a rage or conditions that allow survival to occur without relational companionship, without the sense of community and beauty uh, that we came from and that we hoped would be continuous, but but usually it is not. So that is the learning of the necessity to find our own way, uh, to use our own capacities to make it through these challenges. And out of that forms a sense of individuality that can include some of the attributes of ego that are uh, less than beneficial. I mean, ego is beautiful. It's will. It's determination. It's uh, selfhood. But it also can be stubborn. It can be rageful. It can be competitive. And those conditions, those compensatory conditions, evolve out of the unresolved shock and trauma of prenatal life. And so many times that part has to be unlearned, parts of that ego. Yeah. Things will come along in life that that have that occur. And in my own life, I went through a dissolving process where really it put me in touch of the visceral qualities of my physiology that I couldn't feel before because the ego can oftentimes make us so constricted or tight or shortness of breath that we don't necessarily tap into some of the sensory feelings that are actually there. I love the chapter on the way of the great physician transmuting poison to medicine. And you write a beautiful poem there. The great physician is she who knows the metallurgy of grief. She transmutes vilification, betrayal, scapegoating, gaslighting, torture, finger pointing, blaming, castigation, and all manner of ignorance into enthusiasm for the future of humanity. As truth rises to the surface of my body, bones mend, tendons re-knit, joints ease, and resilience arises. Heart feeds, mind poems, healthcare strategies, and the architecture of leadership. The great physician breathes the recipe for making poison into medicine. This is the destiny of fulfillment." And that's so much of the journey that we all must go through. And you talk about the wounded healer. I love how you then provide us the points on the body that can begin that self-care, that compassionate touch in the places that can release some of those parts of the body. Could you talk a little bit about that process and what takes place for an individual? Yeah, I think my journey 
into honoring and respecting and inquiring into prenatal life really began when I learned the sacred sites of the body. I was fortunate enough to encounter through, you know, those miraculous serendipitous experiences uh, that led me to uh, this woman, Mary Eno Burmeister, who taught me the art of compassion. Uh, I was living in Northern California. I was in a difficult time of my life. I was a single working mother, uh, leaving uh, a very stressful relationship, trying to earn a living uh, to support myself and my child, um, trying to maintain my own creativity whilst doing all those uh, very practical tasks of child rearing and money earning and I was pretty stretched and that serendipity uh, that I can't explain, it's the magic of life, led me ultimately to Mary Eno Burmeister and this practice, which is a self-care practice uh, called Jinshin, the art of compassion. It comes from Japan, but it's quite universal and has relationship to acupuncture, even to Tibetan medicine. Um, to Ayurveda, uh, it is part of this vast treasury of healing arts. Um, that, but I didn't know anything about anything like that. And so when I encountered Mary and started to touch very gently these sites that uh, she instructed me in, that's when my nervous system started to change. And I started to feel differently about myself and my life. And that was really the beginning of quite a saw. And it's it's a long and interesting story. I tell parts of it in all of my books. But ultimately, it led me to getting my doctorate in neuroscience. And it led me then to understanding what she taught me. And what she taught me, even though she herself didn't use this language, was the rivers of splendor or the extraordinary meridians. And this is an aspect of uh, Eastern medicine um, that is underestimated and that I am uh, trying to promote awareness of. And it is the basis of what I impart in the Tara approach. So these sacred sites of which there are 26 basic sites they begin to interact with the nervous system and with the ways in which the nervous system has been overwhelmed and bring the nervous system back into harmony. And because I am the champion of individuality and differentiation, that harmonizing of the nervous system is, of course, unique to every person. And I am not sure if I could have gotten to where I am now without this energy medicine. So I impart it to everyone who comes to study with me. It's the companion piece to everything else. I teach everyone self-care and uh, self-care through touching these sacred sites. And I trust these sites because I have clinically tested them to bring harmony back to the nervous system. So it tones the polyvagal system, it provides rest and digest, it balances the sympathetic and parasympathetic aspects of the nervous system. It's miraculous. And it is self-care. 
And it, it is really what gives me the enthusiasm in believing in regenerative health as a birthright, not as something you necessarily need any degrees uh, to claim. It's our birthright of resilience. So I'm very grateful to Mary Eno Burmeister and all that she taught me. And I'm grateful to whatever forces allowed me to amplify those teachings and declare now with, with validation from sinologists and acupuncturists that this is indeed the extraordinary meridians, the rivers of splendor. Well, I, I think we see much anxiety, reactivity, even rage because of dysregulated nervous systems of people in panic and extreme stress and this epidemic of ignorance around what self-care really is that there's there's a superficial self-care that's out there but there's there is a tenderness a kindness a compassion that we must re-embody toward ourselves and and that then serves the world in a greater way but until we can also learn to treat ourselves this way we can't develop that heart and mind connection to treat our world, our families, our friends, our societies, and our world in this way. You had a paradigm shift that was seeded during your service in with the AIDS epidemic, and that became a really potent message, even for this world's current crisis, both climate and health care. And you call it the rediscovery journey, which is a template that points to different aspects of a paradigm shift uh, in health care, and it's part of the Tara approach. Are there any points that you'd like to bring out about that right now? I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was actually writing about my experience with the AIDS community just before uh, we started speaking. And that that really was a paradigm shift for me because this was prior to the discovery of the protease inhibitors when this horrible epidemic was wiping people out. There was no other outcome other than death. And so people were preparing for death. And I was doing my best uh, at that time to make that transition as peaceful uh, and painless as possible. And I was just beginning to understand the prenatal origins of health. And I knew that if I could be a resource in helping these beautiful individuals who I was meeting come to a sense of who they truly were before they passed on, uh, that I would be doing them a service. And so the inklings of this rediscovery journey, this very simple methodology uh, began to emerge for me. And in fact, it liberated many, many tortured souls so that they could ease into dying, so that they could release from a body that was frequently racked with pain and full of anxiety and confusion and enter the next sphere of their soul's experience. Uh, this is something you may be more knowledgeable about than I, Simran, um, because I, I heard your reference to your books on the soul. Uh, so I, I definitely experienced and witnessed 
the liberation of souls uh, through the peace that people found and the uh, reconciliation with so much stress and conflict uh, through their use of the rediscovery journey. So now I teach the rediscovery journey as a simple template alongside the accessing of the sacred sites of the body. Those two are, are really the arms of the Tara approach. The understanding of how the nervous system can be reorganized, can find its own elegant symmetry through gentle touch that's self-applied. So this is the deepest self-care that is possible, I believe. And alongside that, uh, the acquisition of awareness of one's original brilliance. And, and that awareness of original brilliance is not a concept. It's not a theory. It's somatic. Yeah, through the rediscovery journey, you have a felt experience because it's cellular memory uh, that we're inviting. And those two together, the rediscovery journey and understanding how to touch the sacred sites of the body, there's different combinations of touch, different ways of touching. Uh, they equal really this uh, secret of resilience. And I should add that the sacred sites of the body are not only for uh, something as profound as discovering original brilliance. The sacred sides of the body are also incredibly practical in resolving health issues themselves. And of course, I'm fascinated with the relationship between health conditions and prenatal life. That's probably one of the main areas of my research today. What I really got through your book and, and also now listening to you speak about this work is that it is this approach to healing and returning. And, and so often people can make that healing journey a very drudgery kind of downtrodden, melancholy type of experience of trying to escape an experience of where they are. It looks like you really approach the places that need the care, the presence and the healing, but you have this upturn this celebration of this being that was prenatal that that holds the gift that holds the seat of purpose that uh, allows someone to reclaim their voice that brings forward the the will the motivation and the clarity that perhaps has been missing because of the forgottenness or the loneliness or the absence of that connection to self i'm so glad that you're Seeing the nature of the discovery of original brilliance, I would say in this troubled world, this is my joy to be present while people uncover who they truly are, take off the masks that are enculturated and find this shining light that really guides them forward. Uh, and I give my own life as an example. Uh, and I do that in a way because I have permission to tell my own story. And for other people, you know, I need really express permission. And of course, everyone in my books has given that permission. And I'm using names that disguise who they are. But I frequently refer to my own story 
because I wanted to inspire other people. And um, there is a poem uh, in this book that I think really identifies the core of this joy, this discovery that really shifts any horrible or challenging or uh, less than beautiful experiences, any heavy, dark, traumatic experience that seems so dominant and seems so influential. When you look at that through the eyes of original brilliance, it's like you're moving a curtain, a dark, heavy curtain aside, and you're suddenly seeing this brightness. And that brightness is you. It's, it's who you are. And it's in the cells of your being. And if you'll permit me, I think I'll read this poem if there's time. Um, we have just a few minutes left. So let's let's close out with that. I think that would be beautiful. I would love to urge people to pick up this book. There's so much more in it. The rivers of splendor are clear the neuronal the neuronal pathways of the wounded healer for the evolution of consciousness. They restore the core of being where shock strikes. I love how Stephanie speaks about the body in so many ways and how she uses her body and her biography as a laboratory and how that reveals the patterns of her life in how they differed or resembled her own family and particularly her mother who carried her. There's so many valid points for you to engage self-care and rediscovery of yourself. So Stephanie, please share the poem. Thank you. And I will dedicate this to my mother who's still alive at 103. My mother was lost that night in an unfamiliar darkness. She was adrift, gone from her moorings, and my father, too, had never conceived of me. Yet I reached for them, slipping through the cracks in their consciousness, gliding in despite their ignorance. In the time of their turmoil, I brought my peace, a specter of love for all humanity. I shed my light upon them, entering their fluids with my passionate plunge to intimacy, infiltrating their juices with my intent. And so I became here and now I ignited the power of being. I illuminated the path for a life of glorious truth. I came in the name of the essence that inflames this path. I came to clear the way for a ceaseless progression of honesty, a parade of the myriad forms of love, my own clear destiny momentarily parted the seas of their confusion so that I, determined and direct, could move on. Mm, beautiful. Let us all return to that resilience, that brilliance, that light and spark that we each are. I invite you to connect with Dr. Stephanie Mines, to pick up her book, The Secret of Resilience, Healing Personal and Planetary Trauma Through Morphogenesis. Her course is January 20th. 
Prenatal Origins of Health, and her website is tara-approach.org. Prenatal Life is a university of sensory intelligence. It is the athletic field of evolving bioidentity. You have a completely unique prenatal experience. It's time to explore yours. Thank you, Dr. Minds, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.